Can you dig it, sucker? Live from Houston, Texas, and around the world. Join the six-time world heavyweight champion, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, and WWE NXT announcer, Booker T. Booker T. Alongside his right-hand man, the boat, Brad Gilmore. It's time to get your champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Now, can you dig that? Hey guys, want to thank everybody for stepping inside the Hall of Fame right here on Podcast Heat. And this week, we got very special guest, Cedric the Entertainer, dropping his new novel, Flipping Boxcars. And also, special guest, Tiffany Stratton, taking on Becky Lynch Tuesday night NXT. She's going to talk about it right here, five minutes of fame. Don't miss out. Don't get shut out. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. I'm Booker T, six-time world champ, two-time Hall of Famer. Got my man Brad Gilmore here with me. And guys, we get ready to do this day, man. We've been away for a minute. I'm going to tell you, all kind of bombshells since we've been off, man. I'm talking about explosive content, man. C4, like, type, you know what I'm saying? Bang, 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 bang. All over the place. (laughs) Bradley, how you doing, man? How you doing? Wait a minute. All you guys out there in the chat want to say thank y'all for stepping inside the Hall of Fame. Get your champagne wishes and carry our dreams. If you got any questions, super chat all day long. Man, we doing it. And we doing it. And we doing it. Bradley, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Book. I'm doing good. I was about to say I'm glad nothing happened over the weekend to talk about. Uh, It's been an eventful weekend. Of course, we had two major wrestling pay-per-views go down, one from WWE, one from AEW. We had a massive announcement that we set out about this here show that I'm sure we're going to talk about. There's stuff going on in reality wrestling. There's been so much going on, man. So much going on. You know, man, let's get the elephant out of the room, man. We got to talk about it. A steel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe out of a job. Okay. You don't say. Let's just say that. Well, <laughs> we haven't heard anything about A steel. You know what I mean? So I went to give Steel some love. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, a year ago, you didn't even know who the hell A steel was. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to figure out who A steel is. But uh, big news, man. Uh, Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry, suspended indefinitely. AEW, uh, CM Punk fired um, from AEW. Tony Khan made the announcement himself. Um, and you know what? I must give Tony Khan a lot of credit. I mean, he didn't have to go out in front of that that Chicago fan base and, and, and take that punishment and that abuse, but he went out there and did it. And I think at the end of the day, he got his point across and he turned those fans a little bit as far as letting those fans know, hey, th- I did this guy. I, I did this for you. This, this is... Um, Something that we created, we created it together uh, with you guys and and those Chicago fans. I must say, there was a they were a big part of it. Even before CM Punk came on board, uh, I think uh, 
Chicago was definitely a, a major play as far as AEW goes. You know what I mean? So I give Tony Khan a whole lot of credit, man. But I don't even know. Where should we start as far as the CM Punk saga goes? Well, I think um, we should probably... I mean, we, we could hear from the man himself. We could hear from Tony Khan. He did have an announcement that he put out. There was a press release earlier in the day uh, that said he terminated CM Punk. And then he made the announcement on Collision. Should we? If people didn't see it, I think it might be important for them to get some context to I'm what it, Tony Khan I'm said. We're jumping in. We're jumping in hot. Here's the announcement Tony Khan had before uh, AEW Collision on Saturday with the news about CM Punk. Today I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my professional career. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and it endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who helped put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all that time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my security, my safety, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way and I had to make a very difficult choice today. It came at the recommendation of a discipline committee here in AEW, as well as outside legal counsel, who delivered a unanimous recommendation. And I have followed up on that recommendation. I'm sorry to any fans who are upset by this. I'm sorry to anyone who's upset by this. Despite that, we're gonna have a great show tonight on Collision, and we're gonna have a great AEW All Out pay-per-view tomorrow here in Chicago. Well, there you had it. Those are the words from Tony Khan saying that, you know, after the altercation, which has, by the way, the altercation at All In has taken new forms. I mean, there, there was talks of several people were there, several people were involved. At one point, Tony Khan reportedly was lunged at, whatever that means, uh, from CM Punk. And he even said in that announcement right there, he felt like his safety was was compromised. He felt like he was in danger and, and people who worked there were in danger and that's why he decided, he and the discipline committee of AEW and in an internal investigation, an outside firm, came to the, uh, the determination to uh, terminate the contracts, the, both the employment and the wrestling contract, from what the Presley said of CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, Tony Khan did the right thing, getting ahead of the thing, not waiting, you know, um, after the pay-per-view. You know, CM Punk don't show up. Fans really would have went crazy um, getting in front of it and going out there and just being a man. It, you know, I, I knew it had to be difficult um, speaking in front of that crowd, being booed. Um, it took him about six minutes to get get it all out. But I think it was something that was necessary for Tony Khan to do. And, you know, um, is it is it is it Tony Khan setting up his defense in case the thing come to court? No, no. What do you mean a lot in of people, case? Just going to court. Somebody's suing somebody. Maybe, maybe. But um, Tony Khan has a whole lot more money than CM Punk. That's true. He can ride this thing out a whole lot longer than CM Punk. So if you're going to sue Tony Khan, you better be thinking about perhaps losing a lot of money uh, because uh, for a cause, I mean, we had a reason to terminate him. Um, That's almost like a breach of contract. I I mean, I'm 
I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but but that's what it sounds like to me. And if uh, Tony Khan is is putting this out in the public, saying, "Hey, this is the reason why," and I'm willing to go into court and um, defend myself by proving this is what happened, hey, he got he's got a case. If he's got witnesses, if he's got witnesses that a, a, a professional wrestler was uh, you know losing it and going off. Uh, He's got a case, uh, a case that he can win, you know. So I don't think it's, I don't think it would be wise to sue Tony Khan. I mean, I could be wrong. I, don't, I could be wrong, but I just don't. I think you can lose a lot of money in that situation, money that he's already got baked. You know, why, why throw that money back in into the into the to, to the kitty? Why, why, why would you want to do that? Well, let me ask you this. Let's get let's get the elephant out of the room because people want to know. Do you think? And I think you've kind of made this clear already. But do you think? AEW made the right decision in firing CM Punk, terminating him from his contract. Think about this for a second. We we know Tony Khan and how much he loved the independent scene and those independent wrestlers, and you know he he grew up on it. Ain't no ain't no ain't no doubt in my mind that if Tony Khan could have kept CM Punk, he would have kept him. He didn't give CM Punk all these chances, bringing him back. Paying him all this money, you know, for for no reason. I, I mean, I I don't think so. So, I, I think Tony Khan did what he, not what he wanted to do, but what he had to do for the sake of that company. Um, I don't. I, I I'm not there. I, I'm not. I don't know the inner workings of um, uh, AEW, but I know Tony Khan. You know, from outside looking in, he went all out. <laughs> okay, for CM Punk to the point to to where he he gave him his own show. Yeah. That was the punk show. Okay. Um so so I I don't think Tony Khan wanted to do it. I just think it was something that he had to do. And, and I've been in that situation before where I had to fire somebody. I mean, you know, back in the day we had a guy that was doing all of our editing and I and and I had to make a decision to fire him. You you remember? I remember. You know, you remember Jason? Um I think that was his name. Uh, I, I, I think that was his name. Uh, but 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 you remember, uh, I, I had no one to, to edit the show. But I say this is a decision that I have to make because he was dis- disrupting the whole feel of the show from the the writers, the talent, guys that had to you know shoot. To, everybody hated this guy, so we had. <laughs> hate's a little strong, but okay. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that about this guy or anything like that, but everybody has some disdain for this guy, so we had to get rid of him. And I said this, I say this once, I said it a thousand times. I know a lot of people say, you know, Booker T hated on CM Punk. And that that's not the case at all. I never really hated on CM Punk or anything like that. But 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 I, I gotta say, you could be you could be good at what you do. And if people like you, you'll stick around forever. You could be great. At what you do and if people don't like you they will bounce your ass up out of there some way somehow and that's this situation right here right now CM Punk left a whole lot of money on the table on the other side of the fence and he just left a, a boatload of money on the table again uh, and, and people can, can say what they want to say uh, but we've seen this story before this is the exact same story almost in a nutshell it's close yeah, it's close. Now, um, I, I think that probably the disdain for 
CM Punk, and I definitely want to break this down more. I know we're close to a break. It was more than the situation we had back at the reality wrestling. But I, I, I do agree that Tony Khan had a decision that he was forced with, and he did, in my opinion, the right thing for the long-term benefit of AEW. He did. He did. He did. We, we got to take a break, guys. Uh, stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame, man. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to remind you guys something. Uh, make sure you guys, if you can't be there, you know, somehow, if you can't be there, if you're anywhere in this Houston surrounding area, Texas City, September 23rd, Reality of Wrestling going down, uh, our debut show in our brand new enterprise, our brand new arena. You got to come down and check it out, guys. Don't miss out. Don't get shut out because it's going to be good. A whole lot of action going down and uh, it's going to be good. Can't wait. Oh, I cannot wait. 9300 MF Lowry Expressway, the debut oh. of the brand new brand reality new, of wrestling. New, new floors, new walls, new everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. You guys are going to love it. It's, it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with my own um, little uh, enterprise that we're working on down here in, in Texas. You know, we're, we're small, we're small, very small company, but, but we work hard. Work hard for our artists. Now, um, I, we appreciate all of you watching live right now on the Reality Wrestling YouTube channel that recently passed 700,000 subscribers. Um, we want to thank everybody right now who's in the chat. Shout out where you're watching us from around the world and around the yeah. United States. We want to know. And if you have a question or you want your voice heard about the CM Punk situation or anything else, go ahead and super chat them in. We already have a, a bevy. Of we, got a, we got a plethora. We got a plethora. We got a you plethora. And you know who else we got in the chat? We got a bunch of little privates. Super. You don't mess with my little privates, man. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I was just noticing some, uh, you know, camera there. Uh, you know, I just want to give them a shout out. Uh, AG1. I've been, I've been taking this new product called AG1, and I'm gonna tell you, man. I've been, I've been I'm looking real jacked. I'm looking real jacked. I mean, I'm getting ready for the uh, 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 the uh, WrestleMania pre-show pose down with Byron Saxton uh, for next year. So I just want to let Are everybody know. Are y'all gonna do that? We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. I'm going to show him up just one more time. I'm working on the six-pack. I'm working on the abs. I'm, I'm working on the shows. I, I've taken coffee out of my diet. Um, AG1 and me, we're going to take the thing to another level. So, guys, get ready to check out your boy, Booker T, because he's looking ah, real jacked. I just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> real jacked, baby. He's, in, he's yeah. here, man. BT's yeah, yeah. here. Well, we're you know, talking- I was going to do something too. Uh, you know, all you guys out there, you tattoo yeah. artists, you know what I mean? We're looking for sponsors. I'm going to get me a brand new um, touch up on all my tattoos on both sides and in the back. So, guys, you want to do something, hit us up. Okay, there you go. Trying to get some tattoos up in this place. I appreciate yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. I could dig yeah, it. Yeah. Working, um, man. We're working hard. <laughs> we're working hard up in this mug. Well, let's, let's talk about CM Punk. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, when I saw the press release come across the ticker on Saturday, Again, I thought, like you said, man, that's a bold move from Tony Khan to do this before two shows in Chicago, but kudos to him. He couldn't let the Chicago fans buy a ticket thinking they were going to see CM Punk or leave him in suspense, leave him thinking the whole time perhaps he's going to show up. So they let him go. They let him go early. This is the second major wrestling company CM Punk has been fired for, fired from, right? And fired for good reason. In WWE, he left. He said, I I don't want to live up to my contractual obligations. And he split, left after the Royal Rumble, and they fired him with cause, mind you, with cause. With AEW, if you really look at this, it was, it was never easy with CM Punk almost from the get-go. 
right? His first promo in, you know, he takes a shot at WWE. He wrestles Darby Allen. Which, which, which I said was the wrong no, move. Wrong move. He wrestles Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. Which I said was the wrong move. And since then, Darby Allen has had uh, one TNT title reign that lasted 28 days um, since that. That's his only uh, championship that he's won since the CM Punk match. Um, the then, hottest, wait, a minute, wait a minute. On top of that, the hottest kid in that company at that time, mm-hmm. Darby Allen. Without a doubt. Let's just, put that out there. Let's just put that out there. Let's just be, we're speaking facts here right now. We're speaking facts. And uh, ain't no, we ain't got no reason to hold it back now. You know, I, I've, I've held my tongue for the last, what, three years? Uh, easily. And, and I've, I've given the benefit of the doubt. Um, I've never spoken from a personal perspective. This is business right here. This is business. This is, you know, this, everything's on the table right now. So, like you say, let's talk about it. Well, then you head on uh, further. CM Punk, he wins the world title, then vacates it five days later due to an injury to his foot. Okay, I was just, I was just finna say that. I was just, and, and, and we talk about that, what, that number. What was that number? 40? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That is, that is when you get to that number, things change. You're not as uh, quick as you used to be. You, you, you have lost a step. And whether, whether you realize it or want to believe it or not, you have. But um, here nor there, the fans still love you. Keep it rolling. Yeah, I think, though, that at, <laughs> at this moment, after the first injury where he had to, uh, you know, where he had the world title and then had to step away for a few months, this was. Right, wait, the- wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. How did he get hurt? Did he did he did a stage dive into the oh, crowd and broke exactly his foot? I, I, that is, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just trying to let's, get all this stuff. Out. Yeah, let's break it down. Bro, so he comes he he returns to TV, um, and then when he returns to TV in uh, August of 2022, he takes a shot at Hangman Adam Page. Remember that's where he calls him out when it wasn't scripted, and um, yeah. people said he went into business for himself, and then. Yeah. You fast- and he wasn't even working. And, he, and the thing, thing was, he was in an angle, and he wasn't even working Hangman Page. Am I correct on that? Right. He was uh, heading into a match with John Moxley at the paper. Exactly my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. So, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure we're on point here. So then in September, September 4th, so about a year ago today, actually one year ago today, CM Punk beats John Moxley for the AEW Championship at All Out. And then- Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But it was some, it was some riff in that, too. There was some riff in that the, too. The, rock, the Rocky thing, the Rocky situation. Well, we're going to get to that, but oh, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just making sure we cover all our bases here. And remember, I, I've heard people say you can tell. Obviously, Booker, he, he watch AEW. Well, how the hell I know all this stuff? <laughs> so, <laughs> even though I don't watch it, but at that same show, after he beats Moxley, this <laughs> is when it all really goes to hell in a handbasket. This is when he has the meltdown. On uh, on the press scrum where he asks, you know, Nick Hausman how you've hanging out with Colt Cabana. And then he goes off about Colt Cabana and his mom and his mom's bank account and all this right stuff. Now. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, do know, I do know this. And I'm, I'm just put it out there. That I, I, could, I could be wrong. I could be, I could be 100% wrong. But, but, but I'm almost, you know, sure I'm probably right on this. Coca Bennett and, and CM Punk had a, a pretty tight relationship. They were best friends. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I would almost be willing to say, you know, that CM Punk has met Coca Bennett's mom. Yes. They may have broken bread. He may have, you know, sit in, in, in the house and, you know, made small talk, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. 
So to have a problem with Coca Cabana and bring his mom up by name, it's a no-no. Just go to show you, that's, that's, that's a classless move. That's a classless individual. You bring up my it's mom, like, man, you can say whatever you want. I mean, it's like the old rule, right? Like, say whatever you want about me, but you don't... You don't bring up my mother. You don't bring up my wife, right? Those I are like mean, the two it, things it, that are off limits. It was just a low blow. I mean, because the thing is, Sim Punk is a, you know, he's, he's a rich guy. He's got a lot of money. Got money. Coco Cabana is a guy who, there again, he, he may have been living with his mom. He, he's not a guy that's a, a rich guy. He hasn't had the, you know, the breaks that Sim Punk has had in his business. He just hasn't. You know what I mean? So to, to belittle him and to try to throw it in his face, just go, to, it was a classless move. Yeah, tra- trash. Big That's a trashy move right there. Uh, big, time, big time. And people can say what they want to say, but, you know, you ain't going to hear me talking about somebody's mama, especially if I met him. No. You know what I mean? It's just, well, and it's just my, my route. I might, I might got this wrong. I think that his uh, Colt's mother's name was Marsha, and that hits me directly. That's my mom's name. That's uh, your mother-in-law's name. Right, like you don't you don't bring that stuff. Yeah. That hit me. That hit me a different way when I heard that. Um, yeah. Now yeah. at the same after he loses his mind and calls the elite uh, a bunch of babies that couldn't manage a target. In, this is in front of Tony Khan, by the way. He goes to the back after he says, "If you have a problem with me, come see me." Well, the people he was talking about come and see him, and all out turns to brawl out, and then CM Punk also tore his tricep in that same match or in the altercation, whatever you want to believe. He was off television for a very long time. Now, in March of 2023, that's when he posts a social media thing about John Moxley calling him a liar, talking about the Rocky Three idea. He said Chris Jericho was a stooge in that same social media post, if you remember that. We covered that I on the show. That. And then three months later, he comes back to Collision. <laughs> Two months after that, goes off script on Hangman again. Text him and apologize. This is the same time that he banned Christopher Daniels, who's the head of talent relations, from the building. <laughs> then last weekend, the all-in, uh, which they're now calling brawl-in, incident with Jungle Boy Jack Perry leading to his termination uh, just two days ago. T- tumultuous times for CM Punk. Tumultuous times. It was not an easy two years. And you know what? John Moxley at one point said... CM Punk, look at him now. He's not going to be around much longer. Fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body. That's what he said in a promo. Who said that? John Moxley. He said that in a promo. And um, kind of prophetic, wasn't it? (laughs) Hey, bro. um, I always said it. I I tell my students this. And it's, it's true, 100%. Can't make it in the locker room. You have no chance at making it in the ring. It's just the way it is. That's pretty much in all sports across the board. Can't make it in the locker room. You're going to have a problem with the boys sooner or later. Because the, the boys pretty much run it, you know, the locker room, you know, whether you believe it, believe that or not. Uh, you know, the boss was never in our locker room policing the locker room. Never. Not once. It was always the boys. You know, Taker was the judge. And, you know, um, you know, it was a couple of lawyers here, you know. Uh, prosecutors rather, you know, and uh, we prosecuted uh, guys who, who got out of line. Uh, they didn't last very long uh, around there at all. And it was a pecking order as far as, uh, you know, things and how it went, but that's just the way it was. And, and restless court is something that's very needed in this business. 
and I've heard, you know, people like CM Punk say, you know, it's it's something that's stupid. But wrestler's court is something in this business is needed. We gotta take a break, guys. Stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Sucker. And this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about sex. Hey, you remember when you was always ready to go? I'm talking about strapping the rocket on it, man. Going straight to the moon. I'm talking about getting it done. If you want that extra confidence, I got something for you. Listen up, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. But the great thing, Book, is you can take it any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, guys, is all done online on the internet. So there's no doctor's visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at a pharmacy or any of that. And the thing is, book, Blue Chew's tablets, they're made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one is the wiser. You know, let's just get it out there, guys. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. It's like this. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew absolutely free when you use promo code Booker at your checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping, man. That's BlueChew.com and use promo code and receive your first month absolutely free, man. Visit BlueChew.com use promo code Booker to receive your first month absolutely free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information and you know we want to thank blue chew for sponsoring the hall of fame podcast chew it and do it when you get your champagne wishes caviar <laughs> dreams we're talking cm punk man we're talking about cm punk the um the, the story of punk this thing lasted, what, three years? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, about, I guess, two, maybe? Two years. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Um, it, it, tell me this. Is it, a, is it AEW's fault this thing didn't work out? Do you believe that? That's a hard question to answer. I think that there is some responsibility that Tony Khan has to have for this situation going the way that it did. Do I think it's all I, his fault? No. I, wait, a minute, wait a minute. How and why? I, I'll tell you. After the first CM Punk shot at, because remember, there was the famous, they call it now the workers' rights promo with him and Adam Page, where CM Punk felt a type of way and felt that Adam Page was alleging something about the Colt Cabana stuff. And the elite, they were all buddies with Colt. Once I heard that, I would have said, look, guys, let's sit in a room, let's squash this. We all got to do business together. We got a pay-per-view to sell. Let's figure this out, okay? Now, if he doesn't do it there, he had to do it after the whole brawl out incident if you don't sit these guys down and say look either work together or we're gonna have to figure this out then you're gonna have what ended up happening continue to happen this is where cm punk gets his whole show a whole show because these guys can't work together book you don't have to say any names but did you like everybody that you worked with 
No. No? I like a, but, I didn't like most of them. <laughs> but you had to work with them, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes long programs on television, right? Yes. Yes. And guess what? Did you ever did, did you ever go to the boss and say, I'm not working with this guy? I, I refuse to work with this guy? No, because you know what the response you would have gotten is. We'll either work with him or, or there's the door, right? I mean, that's that's how Vince, I've always heard, runs this stuff. I'm not sure in WCW, but I'm sure somebody in WCW would have said, look, this is what you're doing unless you had the creative control. So for me, Tony Khan, although, yes, he made the right decision by firing CM Punk. I will say it a thousand times over, but he should have interjected himself earlier on to try to figure out how to bring peace to the situation. And if he figured out there is no peace to be had, perhaps a CM Punk firing would have come sooner. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, uh, as far as Tony Cush should have stepped in a little bit early and put his foot down. Um, I, I said that's one thing that I felt like AEW needed more than anything was some direction and somebody to take charge uh, more than anything. And I said, if, if Tony Khan couldn't do it, maybe he should hire someone to do it. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard being the bad guy, mm -hmm. especially when you're uh, buddies with, you know, uh, a lot of these guys. So I've always, you know, made it a point not to get too close to the boss because the boss may have to do his job and fire me one day. But one thing about having that one guy to do it, having that JR, you know, having that, you know, that Laronitis guy, you know, say, hey, hey, bro, we, 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 we ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> you know, one of those type of deals. Uh, I think it would best um, benefit someone like Tony Khan, Tony Khan, who is not that confrontational. You know, for me, you know, I, I would love to have that job over at AEW <laughs> with all that money and all, and all that but, power. But you're happy where you are. Say, <laughs> Don't start any rumors what? here. Don't start any rumors. No, no what I'm saying is. <laughs> Booker T is not all elite. No, I'm talking about if, if, if happened in, in, in reality of wrestling. Right. Okay, let's just say that. All that money and all that power to tell somebody to get the hell out of here, man. You're fired. You're done. You're wrapped. And, and trust me, I just did it last week. And it felt good. It felt damn good. You know, so my, my thing is uh, Tony Cudd, he should have stepped in a little bit earlier. But I, I, I go back to my first point that I, I think that that was more – relevant, more valid than anything at Sam Punk when he came into that company, he had a chance to really go out there and let those guys know what this thing is really all about and show some real, real leadership and, you know, get those, those soldiers uh, behind him. Because for me, knowing how this business is right now in today's world, looking at guys like the Young Bucks, guys like uh, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and those guys, they – they feel like they've created their own thing. They feel like they've built their own careers. They don't feel like anybody helped them do that. I've gone to, you know, conventions and uh, the Young Bucks, they got the longest line. Yeah. I mean, so how you going to come in and tell me how to do something when I'm the star here? I'm the reason why this is all happening. You got you to gotta fall in line or you got to know how. Sometimes it's reverse psychology. All right. Sometimes you, you might need to tell them a certain thing just to make sure things go the right way for you. But if you just come in and pushing and pushing and pushing, sometimes you're going to get some resistance and somebody's going to push back. And I think I really feel like that's what happened in the situation right here. 
I know a lot a lot of the blame go to the young bucks, you know, and and and, and Kenny Omega and the EVPs. But who created that thing? Yeah. Be a AEW without the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Kenny Omega, no. along with Cody Rhodes. Okay, would it be an AEW? Absolutely not. Come on, man. So let's just speak facts here. People could say, you know, CM Punk was the biggest star, which CM Punk made, on made paper. Star. No, no. On paper, CM Punk was the biggest star. On paper. Mm-hmm. Them young guys ain't looking at the ain't looking at things from a on paper perspective because they feel like they are just as big as CM Punk. And the thing is, I'm I'm speaking from experience, speaking from experience as far as you know, being that that young guy in the locker room and you know these old guys coming in. You know, don't think when all those old guys was coming in in WCW, I didn't feel a certain I wasn't in position to say anything about it. You know what I mean? Plus, I was making enough money to shut up. <laughs> you don't, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You take it bad. You're rolling. So, so I get it. You know, but things are changed. That things are different now, and and that's just, just fact. Well, look, <clears throat> when CM Punk left, wait, 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 what do you, what do you, let's let's talk about this for a second. Okay, what do you think about? Um, Jungle Boy being terminated indefinitely. Suspended. Suspended. Yes. Oh, yes. Suspended indefinitely. Uh, right call. That, 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 that sounds like terminated, right? Well, no, Pretty it just much. sounds like you're on ice until we say you're not on ice. It's the right call. I mean, it's the right call, I, I think. I And you know what? Um, Like when Brawl Out happened, the elite all got suspended for a certain amount of time. Um, Even though they're executive vice presidents, they still got the same wrath. I think that that's the right thing to do to try to weed this out and not allow any more confrontations to, to, to occur. Because if he didn't get punished, then people are going to be like, oh, well, I can, I can do, I can run up on somebody too. Well, I can. Well, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, of course this hurts CM Punk, but this could be a death blow to Jack Perry's career. How so? That out of sight, out of mind, you know, uh, then when he come back, you know, how much have they really missed him? Well, His worth is going to be um, immediately um, put right out there on Front Street as far as, you know, do these people really care about you or not? It's going to be interesting to see. I know next time they it's work. It's going to be very interesting. I know. Yes. I know next time they work Chicago, he's going to get one hell of a reaction. Yes, he's going to have to turn heel. <laughs> he's he's going to get a hell of a reaction. Um this is what I wanted to say, though, about Punk. Since we're, and I know we have a bunch of Super Chats that we're going to answer about CM Punk. Trust me. I mean, we have more to talk about than just CM Punk. And we appreciate everybody watching live around the world right now. Um, this is what I want to say. When he left WWE, WWE, for better or for worse, is looked at by a certain contingent online as the evil empire. For better or for worse. That's what they kind of look at it. Vince, Vince in, the, in, the, in the gang. And when he left... People looked at him like a martyr. He did things for the right reasons. He walked out to try to make this place better, right? And in those seven years almost that he was away, guess what they still echoed in arenas? Chance of CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. He came back at Rampage at the United Center for the first dance is what they called it. Incredible reaction. What were the fans chanting? CM Punk, CM Punk. 
CM Punk. And now we see where he is now. And I'm reminded of the movie The Dark Knight. You remember The Dark Knight? Um, with yeah. Heath Ledger and Christian Bale. There's the mm-hmm. famous line from the movie where Harvey Dent is sitting there talking to Bruce Wayne and um, talking about doing what's right for the city, talking about Batman and all that. And he says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? And that is exactly what I thought of when I thought when I saw what happened with CM Punk. He lived long enough to see himself become the villain. And no more are we going to hear those crowds chanting CM Punk because he came back, he had a second chance in this business, and he showed everybody who he always was. And when someone shows you who they are, what are you supposed to do, Book? Believe them. You're supposed to believe them. And yeah, so when he yeah. runs up on people backstage, when he runs up on Nick Nemeth, when he runs up on Chris Daniels, tells him to get the hell out of here, when he runs up on Jungle Boy, when he runs up on the Elite, hell, there was a report that came out today that he ran up on William Regal. Man, on uh, William give, Regal. Give me, that, give me that story. Give me that story again. Well, it was, uh, and I know we have to go to. Uh, I'll take a quick break, break here in about 30 seconds. But but he he it was a, it was the debut of William Regal at Revolution, and he ran up on William Regal and told him that he doesn't trust him and he doesn't like him and he's nothing but a stooge for Triple H. Man, man, I don't know how that how, sto- how true that story is, but but I can tell you right now, man. I wish he would have did that about 10, 15 years ago, with William Regal. You talking about it? Oh my God, man. That 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 we'd be talking about that for a long, long time, man. But I, I you know what? I can believe that. I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Hey, guys, stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. Boom! Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, guys. Just chopping it up. I know we got a lot of super chatters. Everybody want to get inside the Hall of Fame. Get your champagne wishes. Oh, get your caviar dreams, man. Uh, we going to let you, man. Brad, you, you got something else you want? You got something else you want to talk about CM Punk, man? We're going to be talking about him all, all day. All no, day. I mean, we're going to be talking about CM Punk all week. Okay, through, through next week. Okay, we're gonna be we 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 gonna keep him in the news. Well, I think that it's 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 right to say, and in fairness to CM Punk, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff going out online. You know, there's a lot of rumors being spread. There's a lot of like what? Sor- like what no, kind of no, rumors? No, I'm, well, I'm saying right now. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Not only is this William Regal stuff out there, and that seems to be true. I've even tried to verify it with sources that I might have, and people are verifying that it's it's true as well. But um, there's sources out there that saying CM Punk has a lot more to his side of the story and that it's going to be an explosive report that comes out about his sides of things. Well, things that we do know, and in fairness to Phil CM Punk Brooks, there's the their side, there's his side, and then there's the truth, right? And um, we don't know what CM Punk's version of events are um, and, and what his perspective on the whole situation is. But I I do want to say that at the end of the day, AEW, although I feel like they're going to suffer short-term from this, I do. Because uh, CM Punk was, they, that's what they made the whole thing about. They made the whole collision about CM Punk. CM Punk was a merchandise mover, things of that nature. But although I think it'll hurt them in the short term, it's better for them in the long run, and that's what they need to look at this thing is. Although we might have some ratings dip-offs and some not great crowds in Chicago for a little while, this was the right move for the long-term benefit of this company. Okay, tell me this right here. Tell me this, though, Brad. I mean, I, I understand everything you just said right there. 
but if this needle don't drop off significantly, what's that going to say? That he really wasn't the needle mover that he proclaimed to be and people think that he is. If we stick around the same number here, you know, people aren't going to be able to talk about anything other than, you know, these guys, you know, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, these guys were pulling the numbers already. That's the only thing that, I mean, the the, num- the needle really didn't move a whole lot with Punk there. I mean, the collision show, what, it's the, the ratings aren't that great on that show, so it's, it's not like a lot of numbers are, have been moved. I, I, I've heard a lot of merch have been sold. A lot of merch is what I hear. That's what I did here. Um, and that right there, that's that's significant. Um, if you're selling, selling, you know, uh, you know, a boatload of merch, I don't know how much merch we could be selling, but it, the world is big. Um, we do know that, you know, people, you know, around the world, you know, love that that guy. So that that could have been a, a huge difference maker. But you know, I don't know, man. Um, for me, it's definitely um, one of those things to where we're going to see how this thing play out, and, and it's going to we're going to see how it play out very very quickly. It's not going to take very long at all. A month. We're going to find out very quickly. Well, we have several Super Chats on the issue, so we might as well wrap up our CM Punk talk with what the people are wanting to talk about. This one comes from Mike Edwards. Super Chat. Mike Edwards says, Guys, love the show. I'm sorry. I've never heard of a promoter saying he feared for his life. What Tony Khan's, uh, What Tony Khan said. And shout out to Brian Keith on AEW last week. Yeah, I mean, Tony, he said he feared for his life. Those were his I mean, words. You know what? How many promoters have you seen act like Tony Khan. I mean he's a he's a first. It's a different cat. I don't I don't I don't see Tony Khan being the kid in the class wanting to fight somebody every day. I can't see Tony Khan being the kid where somebody come up to him and say, I'll be waiting on you after school and Tony Khan say, All right, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> I can that's not the I think he would diplomatically want to talk his way out of that situation or call his dad and say, dad, can you send the security? You know, something like that. You know what I mean? But uh, I just don't see Tony Khan as being very confrontational at all. Now, did he fear for his life? You know, I don't know. If, That's what I he said. How, okay. I don't look. I don't know how serious the situation was. Look here, I can tell you this. In in my day, I can look at you a certain way, and you feel for your life. You want to get a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, look here, I'm not lying, man. No, I'm I, serious. I've seen the look. I've seen. No, I'm being serious. Not I'm directed serious. to me, but I've seen it. <laughs> I've, I've you know been to the point where you like, man, don't put, let me be around him alone ever again. I'm serious, you know. So well, maybe he did it, then. Oh. Was it one of those? Perhaps. I don't know. Um, this they, one they say they say it's video footage though. Oh, so we might get wait. a chance to see. I can't wait. That's so TMZ, get on it. Super uh, Russia, if you're listening, <laughs> can you go get the video footage? <laughs> Shadow C says, first off, I gotta say it was a great pay-per-view. Do you think CM Punk has mental issues? Because when the Miz said what he said, Punk went crazy on him. Yeah. When the, when the Miz said, I'm here to change the culture, and Punk sent out that crazy tweet to the Miz, which, by the way, I think in Punk's defense, he went in, when he was at Raw a few months ago, apologized to the Miz for it. I heard Kevin Nash say that he thinks that Punk has a has a mental issue, maybe not dealing with some trauma from his past. I know he had a tumultuous upbringing, um, as, as a lot of people do, and perhaps not 
dealing with that properly. Um, do you think that this has anything to do with some sort of mental instability or, or mental issue, some sort of uh, emotional problem that CM Punk is having, controlling himself, perhaps? I'm no doctor. I'm you no know, either. So I'm not, not going to try to analyze CM Punk or anything like that, but you got to be thinking, Just well, let's just, see, let's just say this. Your, your thinking has to be skewed. If you could, if you think that you could beat up a UFC fighter and you never had a fight before, just saying, if you never trained before and then you want to jump in the UFC, I mean that's just something I've never seen or heard of. Someone, it's like jumping in the NBA, never playing in the NBA. That's jumping in NHL, never playing, um, jumping in the NFL, never playing. That's major league, MLB, everything. That's real. That's real deal. That's the top of the line. And you've never done it before, and you say, "I'm going to do this." That. Right there, it just tells me, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's, he thinks from an elitist standpoint that, it, you know, he if he will it, he can do it. Maybe it's one of those type of things. Maybe some irrational confidence in there somewhere. Um, yeah, this, yeah. This comes from Shadow C. What do you think about the story with Punk and Regal? We, we talked about it. Again, unconfirmed to give him the benefit of the doubt, but this did come no, out I mean, today. I, I, know, I, know, I know William Regal. Uh, and William Regal these days... Um, he's not that uh, that guy that he was coming up in WCW and early days in WWF, WWE. Um, no, he's not that same guy. William Regal's gone through a lot of ups and downs and, and then to have lost his spot in WWE and then, you know, find a spot in AEW. I don't think William Regal went over there to do anything other than help those guys wherever he could. Yeah. Just because of his knowledge in the business. I don't think he went there to um, rain on CM Punk's parade or anything like that at all. And, and if CM Punk did step to William Regal and, and say that, you let it let you know where his head still is. His, his head is still over in you know, WWE thinking about that when, you know, so a lot of guys have come over from, from WWE, do all of those guys get that same treatment? Right. That's the question. It's interesting. This one comes from Super Frankzilla. Booker, you've been in the business from all angles. With the amount of dirt sheet leaks and the antics of the elite, do you think Punk was deliberately set up? No. You know, I, I don't think that at all. I mean... If uh, people don't like you, you're not going to be around very long. I came from WCW to WWE, and uh, I knew it was a war back then, right? I knew it was a war, so I I left, I left, I left every accolade that I that I that I garnered in WCW in WCW. I did not bring the titles with me, the tag team reigns, or any of that stuff in that big head thinking that I was any different than anybody else in that locker room trying to go out and create their spot, you know, and you do that by going out and performing in the middle of the ring. You don't, you don't do that by, you know, what you did once upon a time. It just, it just don't work that way. You know, so if you can't make it in the locker room, you're not going to make it in the ring. So I, I, I had to endear myself to those guys. That's the, that's the way the business is. Stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs>
Can you dig it, sucker? Hey, book, our next sponsor of the Hall of Fame podcast is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day, and I know you're drinking it too. Yeah, man, um, I received a box in the mail, and, and I said, what is this? And it said AG1. And let me give you a little testimony. I'm a coffee drinker. I've been a coffee drinker every morning for about 25 years. And I drink a big cup of coffee on the way to the airport, and I get on my flight and I still go to sleep. So I, I realized coffee is not helping me at all. So I say, let me try the AG1. I stopped drinking coffee literally two weeks ago. And I drink the AG1 in the morning, first thing. And the first thing I want to do is get in the gym and train. Um, the body transformation has been unbelievable. The energy uh, I have um, I'm going into my day, daily routine has been off the chain. So I'm a believer. I'm a believer in AG1. And you know, Book, for me, I was sick of taking multivitamins every day, and I wanted something that was an all-in-one. And with AG1, it's just a scoop in my water every morning. I mix it up, and it's a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to the whole body. And for me, the benefits of AG1, I can tell you I have more energy. I have better digestion, better gut health. I have more support for mental clarity and focus. I'm locked in for the whole day since I've been drinking AG1. And they say LeBron James spent $1.5 million a year on his body. You don't have to do that, guys. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Guys, go to drinkag1.com slash booker. That's drink ag1.com slash booker check it out we inside the hall of fame this is booker t uh six-time world champ got my man brad gilmore and we got a very very special guest with us here this morning cedric the entertainer promoting his brand new novel flipping boxcar it's going to be dropping september 12th oh gosh you got to get it but i got to get into this man uh cedric um uh, how you doing man first of all i know you out there working hard how you feel all is well, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited for people to get their their hands on this new project, man. So you know, I'm I'm more than happy to get up and talk about it. You know, uh, you know what sparked this? You know, I mean, I mean, I've been in. A, I got a wrestling school, and and it it it, it, it morphed into a, a wrestling promotion. But it, it was something that I never thought about in the beginning. Is this something that you thought about? You know, from the beginning, or is it something that you said, "Hey, man, I got a whole lot more work left yet." still to be done you know it, it, it came uh you know it came out of um a few years back i would just kind of have these like these these daydreams of my grandfather things he would say and this was a person i never met he'd actually passed before i was even born so but you know it's this idea that when you know people see us and tell us man you walk you walk just like your your uncle or you laugh like your grandfather. I've never seen, you know, you you don't realize how you connected to your family. And I just really, uh, that kind of sparked this idea about who he was and what kind of man he was. And and so I had enough family stories to kind of create a, a imagery in a world in which I thought he lived. And so I just kind of made a story around it. And that uh, really was the motivation for writing this, this uh, fictional tale. You know, my I I I feel that man. Uh, my grandfather, he always used to say when something you know um, go down, mm, 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 that 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 was his saying. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'd yeah. always 
<laughs> I always felt like those were the best stories to tell and seem like the, the like the easy story. It's almost like doing comedy. Is that is that related um, in in some sort? Yeah, you know, I mean, it is that thing that comes out of you inside. Like you'll realize, like even when you just did it right now, how it gives you a very you know very specific, very you know uh, unique feeling. And so I think that a lot of times we're connected by things, especially in our families, and we got more and more generationally as a culture where we don't really know those relatives that go back. You know that that. That's you know, our, our elders and find out like in which, you know, from which we came. And so I think, uh, you know, that was one of the motivations was to kind of really draw a connection through our family line, line without with a little bit of, you know, like I say, enough of the real story, but to add this other story to give, to give motivation and to, you know, to, to you know, have that connection to who I am without, without having never met, met, met the man physically. Yeah, I, I I get that, man. I, my 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 father passed uh, when he was when I was ten months old. You know what I mean? Uh, but I always hear yeah. that story. You know, like you look like your dad. You know what I mean? You strong like your dad. You know, but um, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. But and those stories always seem to touch you. Um, that we always seem to connect uh, to those stories. I, I can remember my mama. You probably can remember too. My mama telling me, "Go get me a switch," <laughs> and the switch was for oh, me. Man. Capital punishment, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Are you crying on the way there, on the way back? You said, oh, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> you know, uh, Cedric, Brad, Brad Gilmore here, big fan, and, and I can't wait to dive into the novel. I have a, uh, I have more of a process question for you. How'd you go about crafting the narrative of the story? You talked a little bit about the inspiration from your grandfather, but did you, yeah. did you do a full story outline, or did things change as you kind of wrote along and, and you shifted the story from maybe where you initially wanted it to be? No, you know, actually, you know, yeah, we, I had like all the basic ideas of what I wanted to tell. I knew that I wanted it to kind of have this crime caper. Uh, so we started out with, you know, with the basis of an idea, uh, because, you know, my grandfather was a bootlegger. They did, uh, he and the sheriff of the town were friends and they kind of did business together. So, you know, but we started to, we, we stumbled upon this, this kind of four day so that we could put the, you know, the whole book inside a time period and give it a clock. And that's, that's when it really started to take a lot more shape because once we kind of put the clock on it, then we had to tell these stories and, you know, and kind of like, again, get you through what he was going through from moment to moment in order to kind of meet this kind of three-day deadline that he had to come up with his money. And so uh, that's really when it really started to take shape. And, that, you know, that was fairly early on in the process. It didn't it didn't happen immediately. Uh, but, you know, as, you know, I was looking for a way and then working with my, with my writer, uh, looking for a way to kind of shape the book, uh, that's when, that's when the, the idea came really, you know, kind of solidified. Is this just the beginning? Um, I mean, how many more um, novels 
um, can we, um, you know, see coming along? Oh, the way? man. I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I, you know, I wrote this character really in the vein of the Walter Mosley books, like, uh, you know, Devil in a Blue Dress. And, and he's got the easy Rollin character who kind of kind of goes from one story to the next. And so, you know, I really, I really uh, kind of saw this character as such. So if you, you know, when you read this book, you'll recognize that it ends in a bit of a cliffhanger where you want to know what happens afterwards. And so I've already started to formulate the shapes of that book. And so I'm excited about this character and hopefully people will love it and want more. And, and so I can see, you know, I can see a series building from there. And then, of course, you start to meet the other characters and then you want to introduce them into their own storyline. And so, you know, in, in, in great success, man, you know, I'll keep writing them because I, I keep visualizing this world so vividly. And, and it's just fun to do and create all the storylines around it. Man, that's so cool, man. Um, Flipping Box Cars, um, novel going to be dropping September 12th. Um, before I get you out of here, man, I, I mean, some, I, mean, I got to ask you one question about Bernie Mac. Uh, uh, and he's, he's a guy that I, I loved. Um, back in 2005, I was, I was going through a divorce and, um, and I had tickets to his concert and I went by myself. And I was sitting on the front row, and Bernie recognized oh, me. And he, he threw it. He, he, he kind of got he got stoked for a second, and he threw it, hit me with his towel, and he went. Uh, he, he had a little break, and he uh, invited me back into his locker in his dressing room to, to sit with him. And he told me jokes, man, about wrestling, all kind of stuff, man. It was, I was yeah. I was so excited. I was like a little kid. How cool was Bernie Mac? Man, be magnificent super legend, man, and, and he would do that, you know, often. That's that's kind of his method. He was also, you know, like, you know, as you, you know, probably know, he pretty much a, was a loner, but he loved to, you know, share stories and, and all the comedy and the tales, and uh, that's one of my favorite stories. I tell people that on the, on the first Kings of Comedy, I used to go first, and Bernie would, he came off stage, and I had a room full of people in my dressing room, and kind of like you, he walked in, and just inadvertently start telling a bunch of jokes and stories and ripped it just in my dressing room. So all my people was like, they just couldn't believe they was having this experience. And then he said something, he, he did, the, you know, I'm burning back, I'm out this motherfucker. And just turned around and walked in, everybody was crazy. And one of my favorite burning back stories for sure. Oh man, oh man, he was definitely one of the best. I just, I just had to get that in there. Like I said, I know you got a long day. Yeah, I just want to thank you for giving me some time stepping inside the Hall of Fame, um, giving us a little champagne wishes, Gabby Andrees, um, the presence, uh, Cedric, the entertainer, um, new novel guy yeah. dropping September twelfth. Do not miss out. Don't get shut out. Make sure you get it. Um, anything you want to leave um, um, on the fans with? Hey man, definitely. You know, click all the links in my bio. You go to my my IG page in the link in bio. You can order it, pre-order it now. Uh, but grab it Tuesday, man. Uh, you will enjoy this book. It was something different. It's fun. It's a great ride. So I want people to go and be flipping box cars with me, man. Let's get it. Man, I can't wait, man. Uh, hey, man, like again, thanks for stepping inside the Hall of Fame. Guys, we will be back in a minute.
Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, guys. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. You better do. You better do. You better do it. You better do it quick because, it will. hey man, Wait. strapped a rock and oh, hey man. Hey, how you feeling, man? What are you talking about? I'm I'm just <laughs> reacting to the chat. The the chat is great. Big Brizo says this is the best commercial. <laughs> uh, Jrwizz says, "Yo, Blue Chew is the real deal." Cali Toenail says. Hey, arises uh kappa owens says book said strap a rocket on your little fella um and then uh jrw comes back and says makes that thing harder than a skyscraper and agent hey, 002 says blue chew can you dig that to it and do it bluechew.com hard enough to cut, hard enough to cut diamonds man <laughs> <laughs> no man make sure you use promo code guys make sure you use promo code yeah chew it and Look do up. it promo code booker t chew. at blue chew for our podcast listeners um that's for our podcast listeners but um you know you know what, bt what what is also funny is i guess because you know we've done reality wrestling we've done this show together for so long sometimes i i forget how far you know you you your reach is you know what I mean? Like, I remember when the documentary dropped and you were getting, like, shout-outs from all these kind of people. Like, Rick Ross was hitting you up and, you know, Lil Scrappy's a big fan. Yeah. You know, there's certain people, you know. But it's just interesting because the people who are famous now, I don't know if you ever thought of this. The people who are famous now, I'm talking about in their late 20s to mid-30s, all of those people who are famous now all watched wrestling in the big boom when you were on top in WCW and WWF. And... Everybody who's a kid watches wrestling. It's impossible. You cannot escape it, especially in that time. Yep, yep. You know, because you had, you know, you, Rock, Austin, everybody knows the Attitude Era guys. We were talking about Trish Stratus and Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler. There were a lot of reasons for young men to watch, but young women watched as well. And I was watching an interview with our good good friend, Peter Rosenberg. What's up, Pete? Um, he had on a, a pretty big name in the world of, of music. Cardi B, right? Cardi B, who, by the way, if you've never listened to her album, Invasion of Privacy, it's more than just the song that everybody thinks about. It's more than WAP. You know, she actually has a really good uh, first album. Um, she was being interviewed, and we know that she's a wrestling fan. We've talked about this before. Peter Rosenberg asked her about would she be involved in wrestling in any way, and can I just play what she had to say? Yeah. yeah. Here's what uh, Cardi B had to say on Hot 97 – Ebro in the morning. Welcome inside the Hall of Fame. Now, can you dig that? Uh, every, I feel like every few months, you end up mentioning like your old school love of WWE in some way. It comes up. You shout out Jeff Hardy or this one or that one. WrestleMania 40, Philadelphia. Will we ever get Cardi B in WWE in any way? In a match? As a manager, in any way, Bad Bunny, you know, <laughs> Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny is out here having full-on five-star matches. Yeah, that <laughs> jumping though off the ropes, like he jumping off the ropes. Honey. Would just, you ever do? I just told you that my body got f after the second one. I told you the second one f me up. So no wrestling matches in your future. I mean, I would, I would love to attend. I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I have to perform or slap a 
But like, I want to go. Like, I have to fulfill like some type of. Oh, we have to make this happen. Yeah. Like, I would like to be the conduit to make this happen. Let's like, make this happen. It's just like I, I, I used to love wrestling. I used to be crazy for it. Who was your all-time favorite? It, it's, it was a couple. Like Batista was like one of my favorites right. because you know he was like so handsome. You love Eddie Guerrero, right? I love Eddie Guerrero. I lie. I still I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I used to love Booker T. I used to, and like, even when I was there, like when The Undertaker used to come out, like my dumbass yeah. really thought that he was a ghost. Like, I really thought that that was real. Like he was coming from the dead. Like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> well, that's Cardi B talking about her, her wrestling fandom, mentioning you as one of her favorites, which she's been very consistent with over the years. First of all, what do you think of the clip? And then I got a follow up question for you. Nah, man, uh, I'm always flattered. I'm always humble also when when something like that happened because I, you, you know me, I always say, you know, this, this thing is about staying relevant and sometimes it takes someone else to keep you relevant. You know, like, like Bad Bunny, you know, doing the song, like Cardi B mentioning me and then, you know, people seeing me out there still doing my thing, you know, so I, I'm, 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 I'm humble. I really am when I see stuff like that. It is wild that... Cardi B, um, whether whether people like it or not, and I know people in the chat probably are like, oh, my God, Cardi B, keep her all the way. You know how wrestling fans can be. But when I see somebody like that who's a legit, legit fan, you know what I mean? Like, she's a legit wrestling fan from back in the day. I think it's always great to involve people like that in pro wrestling. Like, I think it's just a great thing to have. Like you said, with Bad Bunny doing it before, um, even with Johnny Knoxville when he was around, anytime somebody's actually a fan... Go back to when Mike Tyson came in for WWF. Or we just saw Dennis Rodman last week um, doing some stuff in the ring when Dennis was coming to WCW. He was great. Dennis Rodman yeah. was great uh, at this time. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. I mean, there's been uh, LT. There's been so many celebs who come in and actually love the craft, love what wrestling does, yeah. and just want to be yeah. a part of it. She even said, look, I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'll just sit in the audience, but I want to do something. And I think Cardi B at at WrestleMania, come on, man, doing don't get something. no bigger. It don't get no bigger. I mean, I say let her perform, man. Let her do one of them songs, man. Well, her Walk and Megan the Stallion. Oh yeah, I know. Her and Megan the Stallion. They got a new record coming out called Bongos. You can only imagine what this is about. Bongos yeah, yeah, about to be a lot, of, a lot of shaking. <laughs> when the video coming out uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I I don't get mad at I gotta it. Gotta see the video, man. No, heck no. I gotta see the video, man. It's definitely gonna be good. But no, man. Like I said, I'm humble when I see stuff like that. Yeah, you know, when I see um, entertainers and you know people that I've you know grew up watching and then uh, like they know who I am. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So I'm um I'm always uh, the one to peach myself and go, wow, you know. Am I, you know, I, you know, I, I did something right. You know, I just look at it that way. I did have a question for you about celebrities who came in. What did the locker room think? Because we mentioned a lot of guys who came in who were big, big time fans. They did real good work when they were over in WCW or WWF. What did the boys think back in the day in WCW when Jay Leno came in? Was it like, oh, this is cool. The tonight, the host of the Tonight Show is going to wrestle Hogan, or was it like? Okay, we've jumped the shark here. Leno. I think that was one, you know, that was a little bit tilting over the, you know, the, you know, 
don't do side. You know what I mean? Uh, we you know should stay away from side. I don't think a lot of people. I mean, me personally, I didn't think a whole lot about it as far as having Jay Leno a part of the show, especially in the ring doing anything. Just didn't think that did anything for our business. Just like it it did. Uh, you know, I mean, just like a lot of, a lot of other guys. You know, I mean, David Arquette got in there. Um, it, it wasn't something that was. I, I think the wrestlers really wanted to see. You know, but that's what they wanted to do. And, and I just think um, WCW didn't utilize, you know, certain stars the proper way, uh, unlike WWE did. Well, so you're saying WWE always used the re- the uh, outside guys better than WCW? I think, so. I think so. You know, I, think they know, I think they know how to choose the one that should be in the ring performing mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, WCW having certain people in the ring like Marcus Bagwell's mom, you know, like Vince Russo. Uh, you know, like Jay Leno, people like that. I, 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 I mean, I, I can see Carl Malone and I can see Dennis Rodman doing it because they're athletes, you know, uh, and we can kind of like work around, you know, everything that they do bad and just, you know, figure out what they can go in there and do good. You know, so I, I can see that. But but certain people, I just feel like WWE didn't put um, certain people in certain um, you know positions. I look at, uh, you know, then people can say, well, what about Johnny Knoxville? You know, Johnny Knoxville, I, I say that's an anomaly because he was out there with, you know, with, with the right person, you know, he doing Sammy. it. Yeah. Yeah. He and, and what was great, this is why I didn't have a problem with Knoxville. Because Knoxville, he 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 lived it for a couple months, right? He, he went on Howard Stern, was promoting the match, promoting Austin Theory. Like, look, Howard Stern's still the number one most listened to radio show in the world. And Austin Theory got a name drop on there, right? Sami Zayn got a name drop on there. That's a big deal. And and I so while yeah. I, when I saw Johnny doing that, I'm like, oh, props to Knoxville. He's a real one. Well, not just, not just that. Johnny Knoxville has fallen off stuff that would kill most people. <laughs> he got hit by a bull. Have you ever seen him get hit by the bull? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm talking about. No, but when have you ever seen the bump he took? I, yes, I did. Oh yeah, I'm God. serious. For a person to do that kind of stuff right there, it's like a stunt man. He's willing to get beat up. So I could see him actually kind of in there doing it, you know, more so than, you know, Jay Leno. You know, nothing nothing against Jay Leno or anything. Yeah, you know, I love Jay Leno. Oh, no, Jay Leno's a great dude. But it's just like, yeah, you could have used Jay, I mean, maybe even as a special guest ref or something, you know. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. You know, exactly my point. <laughs> and I know we got to uh, take a quick break, guys. Stick around. You're in the Hall of Fame. We'll be back in a minute. Boom! Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame, guys. We're just chopping it up, talking everything sports and entertainment right here inside the Hall of Fame where you get your champagne wishes and caviar dreams, man. But it's a whole lot of rumors still. Wait, wait, wait. It's a whole lot of rumors still going on out there about Edge maybe um, jumping ship. Uh, me, personally, I don't know if the, if it's any truth in that or anything like that. But um, I know Tony Khan, you know, he's known, he's known to write big checks. Big ones, big pictures. You know I mean, so if it's uh, you know, if it's if it's, if it's money, we talking. Hey, Tony Khan can can make that happen. So uh, if that if that's the case, uh, it, it could happen. Well, let let let's pontificate on it for a moment because I feel like the three biggest free agents currently in pro wrestling are Mercedes Monet, 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 Monet. Um, get Monet on the show. We gotta get Monet on the show. You want to get Monet on the show? So get Monet. Well, we send got a tweet. tweet a, you know, send her an X. We'll send, we'll send her an X. 
slide into the slide in the XMs. Slide in the XMs. Um, um, for from Mercedes Monet. By the way, her theme song is jamming. Uh, the Monet theme song. You've heard it. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Monet. It's jamming. Um, I think I, I think I might have heard it. I just haven't really listened to it. And her entrance at New Japan, that first one, man, yeah. it was so cool. It was so cool. But so Mercedes Monet, one of the big free agents, and then we have. CM Punk is one of the big free agents right now. And then we have Edge, right? And I want to talk about the names that are available. So we know Punk isn't going to AEW. He just wrapped up business there. Um, It looks like Mercedes probably on her way in, um, which is going to be a big boost for that women's division because she's awesome. Um, So it leaves Edge out there. Edge, I know, posted a video saying he's still thinking about his decision. He's got a renewal in his inbox from WWE. It would be, uh, we'd be remiss to not bring up two things about Edge and AEW. Beforehand, he had a, a an offer from AEW to come in, and then that's when he called WWE, and he went from being on the no touch list to uh, being on the Royal Rumble. Um, when he got, when he got that call, what you got to call? Sign him to a contract. Do it now. You know, um, I don't know who would have said that, but that's what happened. <laughs> and then, um. Now he's up for renewal. There's all these rumors out there about Edge. His value to AEW since the CM Punk firing has only gone up, right? It's only gone up. Now, if you're WWE, do you top whatever AEW's offering in order to keep him in the family? And if you're Edge, I know you mentioned before the money is a big motivator, but is that when you're at this stage of your career, don't you want to leave where really your bones were made? Don't you want to retire as Edge and not whatever they're going to call him in AEW, Angle? I don't know I don't know what they call you in, in, in AEW. Adam, I guess you go by Adam Copeland. What do you think, Book? Yeah, you know, um, I see this the way I saw it more than 20 years ago. You got to be able to take the hit sometime. You got to be able to let these guys go. You know, you just can't pay them what they want, you know, just because you, you can. I really feel like, uh, you know what, I really feel like, and I said this, you know, back then, I felt like that was a big part of WWE's master plan was to let WWE pick up all of those salaries, pay all of that money, and nothing really, really changed other than them paying out money at the end of the day. And I think um, Tony Khan spent a a boatload of money on on CM Punk. Hopefully he got it back in merchandise, you know, and whatnot. Um, But that's a whole lot of money. And just just think about this. Think about 10 CM Punks. Ten, 10 salaries, you know, going out and then you producing and getting the same exact thing. You know, so, you know, I could see it happening. I could see Edge going over. I really I really could. I could see that happening because, you know, sometimes you got to be able to take the hit in order to, you know, make it make make it a little bit heavier for the other side. You know, it's like, like you know, like a tennis player um, playing five, five. They play five sets, you know. And sometimes, you know, I was just listening to, um, you know, one of the great tennis players uh, a couple of nights ago, and he was talking about sometimes you, you have to give up rounds 
you know, just to, you know, get through those five, those, those five sets. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, orchestrate, you know, meticulously uh, make your way through, you know, um, these peaks and valleys in order to get through those five, cause that's, it's five hours. You know, we're going to be playing for five hours. So t- sometimes you got to be able to give up a little bit in order to get a little bit. And I think that's what WWE did back in the day, letting all of those guys go. Um, and they went over to WCW. It was guys over in WCW making $250,000 a year, and they didn't even work any house shows. They didn't even have to show up. They were just on the roster. And right now, AEW got a bunch of guys that's just on the roster. So I could, I, I could actually see that happening. It would be it would be something to see for Edge to come over there. I, I would feel, though, if you're going to make that big of an investment, you got to do it in somebody who not only has the name value, but is going to be around a minute. I mean, Edge is already, he's already said, you know, at the crowd in Toronto a few months back, like, I'm not going to see the next leg of this tour. Now, he might have said that because, hey, I'm not coming back to WWE. But it sounds like he's wrapping things up. And 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 look, if he's satisfied with the match with Sheamus on, on SmackDown and going out like that and his anniversary of Edge and everything, more power to him. He's got nothing left to prove. But there is money on the table that he wasn't making for seven years. And trying to make as much money of that back as he can, I get it. Do I think that Edge ends up in AEW? If I had to bet on it, I say no. Do I think that all this talk about Edge being at AEW is out there accidentally? I would say no. Do, do I think he could be pulling a Brock and say, when every time Brock was, a, his contract was coming up, he's like, ah, I'm going to go back to the UFC and fight in the UFC. All of a sudden, they're like, give him a new contract, right? Is that the case that's going on? If I, had a, if I was a betting man, I would say yes, but I don't know. I'm just yeah, an observer. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a possibility. You know, it's a possibility. But but I do know one thing. Money talks, man. Money talks. And um, if you're just sitting at home, you know it's a check out there that you go you go you can go and get. You you go get it, man. You just that's that's just the way life is. It's just human nature. Nothing more. It's just human nature. You know, so I I'm not gonna sit here and bet either way or anything like that. But but I do know um, you know. If anybody can make it happen, it's the con man. <laughs> con man. Well, he definitely can make it happen. And and you know what? Tony has gotten a lot of slack from people, you know, over over the last several years. Some of it's earned, some of it's probably overdone. Um but you know what he did with CM Punk, like we talked about last week or last episode, I mean, he did something that's got, he knew was gonna hurt him in the short term to help him in the long run as far as locker room relations, banding together, all that nature. But I will say this. When there's been a free agent on the market, he has figured out how to get him. When Christian came up and was a free agent, he got him. When Daniel Bryan was a free agent, he got him. When Mox was on his way out, got him. CM Punk, got him. Cesaro, got him. If they're out there, he's pretty good. I don't know what he says to these guys other than the money, but... He's pretty that, good at that, look here. That's all he gotta say is the money. You got Sting. Sting. Don't forget about Sting. Sting. He got Sting. You know, Jericho. So, so Jericho. You know, so you think those guys going went over there for to, to be friends or to be buddies? 
you know, if, if, if we happen to be friends and we happen to be buddies, okay, great. But just make sure check comes along with that at the same time, you know, because I'm here to I'm here to do a job. I'm here to do a job, do that job well. And 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 all of those guys definitely um, has um, contributed to um, keeping that company alive, especially Chris Jericho, especially Steve. You know, so hey, those guys. I was about to say Jericho. Are you are you surprised? Chris Jericho, where he is in his career right now, or is this something that doesn't surprise you at all? He's still working at a high level. He just wrestled in front of 80,000 people with Will Ospreay, one of the top stars in the business outside of WWE, putting on big matches, making big money, touring the world in his band. Does this shock you at all? Not really. You know what I mean? Um, one thing about Chris Jericho, he um, he's young at heart. You know, he's one of those guys that's got a lot of life in him and a lot of zeal for, you know, just being here and having that, you know, that buzz, you know, throughout, you know, he's just that type of guy loves life. Um, I'm not surprised at all. Still wrestling. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, Chris is still wrestling, but I'm not at the at the same time, because like I say, he's still young at heart. Um, a lot of guys lose that, that, that drive to, you know, be able to get up and go out there and, and do it like like they did it every time they went out there before. You know, I always say with wrestling fans, it's got to be like the the first time that they've seen you ever. You know, every time you walk out, and Chris Jericho gives the fans that feeling every time he walks out. Like you know, it's the first time. You know, we, we're gonna sing this song like it's the first time we've ever sang it. You know, so I'm I'm not surprised um, just because Chris Jericho has always been that overachiever he's always been that guy to go the extra mile and he's always been just that damn good that's what why chris jericho is still at the top of his game hey guys we're gonna take another break stick around you're in the hall of fame we'll be back in a minute can you dig it, dig it, dig sucker? it sucker hey this episode is sponsored by blue chew guys let's talk about it let's talk about sex Hey, you remember when you was always ready to go? I'm talking about strapping the rocket on it, man. Going straight to the moon. I'm talking about getting it done. If you want that extra confidence, I got something for you. Listen up. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost. But the great thing, Book, is you can take it any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, guys, it's all done online on the internet. So there's no doctor's visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at a pharmacy or any of that. And the thing is, book Blue Chew's tablets, they're made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so no one is the wiser. You know, let's just get it out there, guys. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. It, it's like this. Chew it 
and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew absolutely free when you use promo code Booker at your checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping, man. That's BlueChew.com and use promo code and receive your first month absolutely free, man. Visit BlueChew.com. Use promo code Booker to receive your first month absolutely free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And, you know, we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the Hall of Fame podcast. Chew it and do it. It's time for the five minutes of fame. Welcome back inside the Hall of Fame. I'm Booker T, six-time world champion, along with my man Brad Gilmore, as always, coming to you from ESPN 95, 92.5, as well as podcasting Heat. Oh, yeah. We got a very, very special shoe guest inside the Hall of Fame today. I'm talking about five minutes of fame. She is the one and only NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton. How you doing, Tiffany? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing real good. I'm so glad you could step inside the Hall of Fame and give us a little bit of time. You know, I always say Tiffany Stratton all the way to the nebula. Tonight, we talk about five minutes of fame here, um, getting your champagne wishes, caviar dreams. My first question, let's get right into it. You got a huge matchup coming up on Tuesday against the man, Becky Lynch. Is this the ultimate dream match? Um, yeah, I feel like this is as big as it can get. Um, and I feel like any one of the four horsewomen is a dream match of mine. Um, and I'm super excited to see what happens Tuesday. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, Tiffany, you know, everyone loves what you do in the ring, but they also love your persona. And the best personas in wrestling are really based on a person's actual self, their actual real life. How much of the Tiffany Stratton that we see comes from you? And are there any other places or people that you've drawn inspiration from? Yeah, so I would say when I first debuted as Daddy's Little Rich Girl, I would say that that character wasn't really me. But um, slowly, I feel like we have developed my character into um, my real life personality, just turned up a couple notches. Um, and I definitely have drawn some inspo from Sharpie Evans from High School Musical. And... <laughs> I love Paris Hilton. I love the fashion. She's literally a living legend and icon. Um, and yeah, I would say that any mean girl character I draw and spell from. Awesome. Awesome. You know, um, you've been showing up on Monday Night Raw. Seemed like you're getting that, um, that itch. You know, it seemed like you're ready to scratch it a little bit as well. Um, how much longer you see yourself in NXT? Um, you know, I have gotten a little bit, um, a little taste of what it's like to be on Raw. Um, I, I really would love to get called up as soon as possible, but I do know, like, I have some stuff to work on. Um, but I feel like at the latest, I would want to be in NXT. Um, I would say around WrestleMania time is, I feel like, my calling. Mm. But we shall see whatever, whenever the time is right. Um, I believe timing is everything and everything happens for a reason. So whenever it happens, it's meant to happen. Preparation is the only luck. That's what I always say. Now you talked about this match you're going to have with Becky Lynch coming up. We're all excited for it, but what match to this point 
in your career have you learned the most from and what did you take away from that match that you still carry forward? Um, I would have to go with my battleground match uh, when I won the title. That, that was one of the longest matches, actually the longest match of my career. Um, I believe it was two of the best women in the NXT women's division, me and Lara Valkyria up against each other. And I definitely learned, um, you know, I attacked that knee. I attacked the weakness. I, I learned um, a lot about storytelling as well. And um, definitely, you know, doing whatever it takes to win. And I did that. And I learned a lot from that match. All right. Uh, you know, my ultimate question, um, you know, the moonsault. Why the moonsault? We've seen so many great talent. You know, one of my favorite, um, the great Muta. We see Muta here pulling that moonsault off, you know, with the greatest of ease, you know, you know, Chavo Guerrero, I mean, the lead to, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, so why, you know, the, the moonsault? Um, so I have a gymnast background and not only am I a gymnast, but I was a trampoline gymnast. Um, and we actually had two routines that we performed every time we competed. And one of them was your compulsory routine and one of them was your optional routine. And in the compulsory routine, it's the easier skills and you kind of do it as perfect as possible. And every single one of my compulsory routines actually started with a moonsault. Like um, we call it a three quarter back and it's the backflip to your stomach. Um, and I used to have so much fun just doing it. It was like one of the coolest, most like prettiest skills I could ever do. So I thought, why not uh, somehow incorporate it into the ring? And I also didn't want to do just a regular standing at the top and doing the backflip, doing the moonsault. Um, so I thought about doing the jumping, the one, two, three, uh, just to try and get some height and like emulate what I do on the trampoline into the ring. You know, just to add to that, um, I always say being able to do that move that you could do with anybody that's the perfect move right there, that moonsault. So you do it, and you do do it with the greatest of ease. Uh, I just want to say thank you, uh, Tiffany, for giving me some time, stepping inside the Hall of Fame, getting your five minutes of fame. And like I said, you're going against uh, the man, Becky Lynch, on Tuesday. This is the biggest match of your career. Uh, and, and I just want to say um, good luck. On, on this night, because trust me, I know the butterflies are going to be swirling around. I know you're going to have, you know, sweaty palms. But what I say about those those butterflies, Tiffany, you just got to get those butterflies to line up and fly straight. You can do this. You can do this. NXT <laughs> Tiffany Stratton, y'all. Uh, thanks for stepping inside the Hall of Fame. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Booker. I want to thank you guys for stepping inside the Hall of Fame, getting your champagne wishes and caviar dreams right here on Podcast Eating. Guys, make sure you support all of our sponsors. When I say all of our sponsors, I mean all of our sponsors right here on Podcast Eating. Hall of Fame, now can you dig it? Next time, guys, we out. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.